Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi. Uh, let me see if I can do this in the next 35 minutes before I have a Zoom. I want to talk, give a talk about, say a few words about Log Bomber because tomorrow night's Log Bomber. And um, very kindly, this uh, talk is sponsored uh, by, Den- by Shmuel Dinowitz, Shmuel and Lieber Dinowitz. Uh, my good friends and listeners and students and everything. Uh, for this is for parents. Father should have a refuge. He needs a parents dinner's needs a refuge. And um, um, I hope this will be the rest for that. In fact, we should make a mishaber. Mishaber, I've seen Rabbi Tziaka Moshe and Dharma Shlomi Baruch Rabbis, parents Avram Ben Gittel, Babusha Kulan, Miss Palamado, Miss Kaiser Kashbokham, Rachm, Lachim, Pose, Lachziko, Lachioso, Vishlor Fushlim, Mishmaim, Ramachi, Birafshi, Saga de Besser, Shari, his role, Fus never should put the Gubash, the Bogus Mikri, and a Marmy. We show the Rafoy needs one. The Lag Bomber is upon us, and, uh, I want to share an idea or two that I had on the subject. Uh, Lagbam is a weird holiday, of course. It's the fastest growing one. I always make this point every year. It's kind of funny. In Israel, the numbers grow every year. You know, they're going to burn down the country with the machine and the fires, everybody. But I'm not even referring about that. I'm talking about the little kids, picture kids raking uh, fires all over the place. Uh, <clears throat> the fire department just throws up their hand. But besides that, Maron, more and more people. I don't know what's going to be in Corona, but if I know Israelis, they're going to pile into into um, Maron. And every year there's more people. And it's just fascinating to me, personally, from a sociological uh, history of religion point of view, that this is the holiday that's growing. Chilonim show up, people totally secular show up, Kalvachamri, your Sephardi, and other types, and whatever, Ruskies, everybody shows up in greater numbers every year. They don't come for... Pesach is not growing, Rosh Hashanah is not growing, Yom Kippur is not growing, but Lagbam is growing. That's just kind of interesting because maybe the Kabbalistic stuff is touching something in them, or else maybe everybody's going for a serious party. I mean, both are possible at the same time. You know, Cairo to Mashkinals, you go up there, you get stoned. Um, well, a good time is had by all. But seriously, it seems like you know people get some ruchnius out of this. Now, Lagbam is weird simply because it's not in the Gemara. All the Gemara says is that the students of Rabbi Kiva died between A and B, between Pesach and Atzeres. Now, by the way, it does not say in the Gemara that as a result of the, this terrible death from diphtheria, from Astra, of all these students between Pesach and Aceris, <clears throat> there developed a custom, no music, no shaving, no weddings, and all the other stuff that you and I call Sephira. It's not in the Gemara at all. These popped up later in Jewish history. That itself is interesting, that the Jewish people, post-Talmudic, adopted these Chumras just spontaneously. I mean, I don't know how that happened. By the time you get to the Middle Ages, people are, it's clear, people are, you know, observing a sphere. Hold on one second. I just went to pull out a tour <coughs> in Tavtzad Gimel, and the tour is written in the 1300s. He says, No again, b'chol makomus shalol lisa isha b'in pesel atzeris. Okay? That there's a custom not getting married. And Ritzkiah said, you know, this and that and the other. Uh, b'chein hora ga'onim. 
Does he mean that literally? There's not much in Gronic literature on this. There are some places, first he said, they don't get married. In some places, they don't take a haircut. And some people take a haircut on, on, um, on what do you call it? On a uh, uh, lag bummer. <clears throat> All I'm saying is, it's uh, strange. Because it's not in the Gemara. It doesn't say, because it is terrible tragedy, so they, 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 there's a, a, a minig or anything to refrain from anything. So that popped up later. So we had some pretty pious ancestors, you and I. They decided on their own, because it's Halmid Rabbi It's weird, by the way. There are plenty of tragedies in Jewish history. Uh, there are plenty of Horbans, and a lot more people than students of Rabbi Kiva died. Thus, Epis, that this particular tragedy, which of course it was a tragedy, obviously, but you know, more people died around that time in the Barakach War. It's in the Gemara, you know. <clears throat> more people died in the Korban Beis Amigdash from starvation and terrible things. Thus, Epis, that the, you know, because of this specific tragedy, it turned into what you and I call the sphere of, uh, what do you call it, uh, you know, restrictions. No, let it be that way. There's not a word in the Gemara about Lag Bomer. It doesn't say anywhere that they stopped dying on Lag Bomer. <clears throat> Where do you get that from? And um, in the Middle Ages, they're wondering. It's it's funny. what The cart came before the horse. Uh, you see from Rishonim, and you can look in Zevin if you want to digest of this. In like Sefer Amonig. You see, there was already a custom of some kind of Lag Bomer. And they're trying to figure out backwards. where to, How's it work? Where does it come from? And some tiny that the Girsa was, they died between... Uh, Pesach and Prosatzeris. That means Pesach and, and halfway towards Atzeris, which would come out around Lag Bomer. All right, if there's such a gear, there's such a gear. So we don't have such a gear, so. <clears throat> but okay, that might be the base of it, but it's kind of weird because uh, it didn't spread across Kal Yisrael. Second of all, um, think, listen closely to what I'm about to say. We all know there are different ways of doing Sphira. The Pasha ways to go all the way through without any breaks. I think that's the result, whatever. That makes sense. You hold the Gemara literally. They died between A and Z. Between Pesach and Atzeres as a terrible tragedy. So we have certain restrictions all the way through. I get it. Then that way there's no Lag Bomer. <clears throat> then some say Prosatzeres, halfway. <clears throat> but then you're making an interesting statement, which makes sense. And that is, they died on a certain date. Let's say from March 10th to June 5th. I'll just make it up. So they died until Lag Bomer. <clears throat> and then it was over. Okay, so I hear, aside from the question of why you should celebrate the day they stop time, but let's say they did, let's say you do. So, okay, at least you're commemorating a positive event, the end of the, 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 the killing, of the dying. <clears throat> but what if you hold, like, you know, the second way? You start counting from Rosh Chodesh and you go all the way to Shuas. So, Vosep is Lag Bomber. Unless you say they died all the way through. Except that particular day. That's already weird. Because they died after Lag Bomer. You just tell me on that particular day they didn't die. And from that we make a big holiday and it's super this and that and the other. That's kind of strange. And Kal Bechomer, if you go like the, uh, the other opinion, I think it's the Maril or somebody, who says, you know where they come up with Lag Bomer? There's a tradition. This is how they say it. <clears throat> There's some kind of Masora, which said that they died between Pesach and, and, and Shavuos, but not on the days of no Tachlun. Which in many shows would have meant that they wouldn't have died at all. So in other words, they didn't die on Shabbos, seven Saturdays in the sphere period. They didn't die on the days of Pesach. They didn't die on Rosh Chodesh. So you count them all up and you deduct them from 49, you end up with Lag. So that's weird. What you're telling me is 
They did die in Lagbomer, but since when you count up all those dates and deduct them from 49, you end up with 33, so that's why you celebrate 33. That's mama strange, because you're telling me that you're celebrating on a day when the students of Rebbe Kiva were mama's dying. <laughs> Unless I'm missing something. But anyway, this just goes to show you the strange nature of Lagbomer. But I'm not done. As we all know, that's half of Lagbomer. The other half, and the interesting half, which brings millions of people to celebrate the holiday, is not because the students of Rebbe Kiva stopped dying. All those guys that are running up to Marone and getting plastered tomorrow night and dancing and with the torches and burning clothes and all the rest of it, they're not going there <coughs> to celebrate the fact that Rabbi Kiva's students didn't die. They're going there for Shem Ben Yochai. Because they say that's the yard site of Shem Ben Yochai. Okay? Now, I want to be clear about this. Many people get this wrong. It doesn't say he went into the cave in Logbomer. And it doesn't say he came out of the cave in Logbomer. That whole story about him in the cave... It's a Bazundra Misa. It's very famous. It is on Lag. It's on Daflam and Gimel and Shabbos. And that's a story we all know. But that has nothing to do with Lag Bomer in the sense that none of that took place in Lag Bomer. Later on, years later, he passed away on Lag Bomer. Hilul Yochai. An event which is described at great length in the Zohar and the Idrizuto, in which his bed floats up uh, in fire and this, that, and the other. And he has a whole long scene where he leaves the world uh, in a very talkative I don't want to say this in the wrong way. It's like a Socrates thing. You know, he, he's, he's talking and learning as he's dying. <coughs> like Socrates. <laughs> so, um, that's the Hillula de Shem Yochai. Again, it's not a lot of bummer. Now, I could be wrong. Uh, somebody just pointed out to me that there's a uh, Archa Shulchan who says he got out of the cave of Lag Bummer. I have no idea where the Archa Shulchan got that from. Right? It was sent to me, Rabbi Marwick sent me. I have no idea where, where the Archa Shulchan got that from. It's not in the Gemara over there. Okay, now here's the thing. So, in other words, we have the story of Shimon Yochai, and it says Hilula, it says the yard site, and they celebrate it. I'm not going to go into the d- discussion of why you're celebrating on such such a day. That's all in the Modim Balacha. You can see all the raid on that, the uh, Shalomeshim and the, and the Chasam Sovereign and so forth. Leave that for your local Orthodox rabbi. Although it's all interesting. And maybe I spoke about it last year, I don't remember. I just wanted to point out one. One uh, Nakuda, which I think is very interesting. I want to give you a construction of history, which I think is is very, very uh, interesting. What exactly happened? The students <coughs> of Rabbi Kiva died because the Lonagu covered Zelazel. Now, the Marsha says that Lonagu covered Zelazel, they told Lush and Har on each other. Okay? If you look at um, in Yavamas, I don't have the Marsha in front of me, but I uh, should have. But if you take a look at Yvamas, you'll see with Samach Beis, I think, the Marashah says that, you know, it was important in What They didn't show Kavad Torah. So what that means is, each guy was trying to upslug the other, to, to undercut the other. Uh, you know, in learning, it's like that in Yeshiva sometimes. You know, your terrorist is not a good terrorist, or this guy doesn't really know how to learn. And it's like a doggy dog type. It's, like, it's like a jungle. <clears throat> now, some people flourish in that jungle. Okay. There's a certain type of person where they don't mind being attacked. I'm serious. And Riska Derisa works out. You know, there is like that. But a lot of people don't flourish in that system. And uh, this cunning and backbiting is like very bad. Uh, It's a certain style. But it characterized the way the learning was done. And God obviously disapproved strongly. And as a result, all these people perished, which is a pretty strong 
business. <clears throat> the Prichadish uh, and others asked, they said, why are you celebrating? Just because they ended up dying. And they, well, the suggestion is, well, you know, Rabbi Kim, when his students died, he started all over again. See, he did like the Panavish Arav in the 20th century. You know, there was a whole empire in Panavish, uh, a yeshiva, a kolel, a Beis Yaakov, this, that, and the other. And the Germans killed everything. <clears throat> and so the whole work of his life was destroyed overnight. I mean, literally in a day. <clears throat> and then the Panavish started all over again in Bnei Brak. And Babokas Rabbi Kiva had no choice. He was an old man. If he built up uh, 12,000 Talmudim, it means that he had like a Navardic situation, a network. He didn't have one big yeshiva. He had thousands of, of um, chavruses, it says, 12,000 sets of chavruses between point A and point B, between between New York and Muncie, between Baltimore and Washington, between Gavis and Atipras. So in other words, they're scattered all over the place. He had a learning network, like we say today, right? A learning network, which is impressive, obviously. And then they all perished. Um, and then he went, you know the story, like I know the story, I'm doing by heart. He started all over again with uh, the students who, interestingly, had been granted smicha by uh, above one of the martyrs at the risk of his, cost of his life. Who was it? It was Ramey, Rabbi Huda, the second generation of Tanoim. Rabbi Yossi, uh, whoever else it was. Now, um, <clears throat> so one of them is Eroshimin. Shimbin Yochai was one of those. Get it? Shimbin Yochai, the hero, Rabbi Shimbin Yochai, the hero of Lag Bomer, was one of those students who were younger, who did not die from the 24,000, but he was from round two. <clears throat> and then Rabbi Kiva starting all over again. <clears throat> Let me tell you a story. My father survived the war. He ended up coming to Baltimore and teaching in TA in the high, in the school there, in junior high, in his late 40s. In 49, the Panavish Rav visited Baltimore. My father told me this. And um, he came to TA, and uh, he saw my father. My father said, he said oh, you, you survived the war? You survived the war? You know, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, you know, each one, uh, he cried another shoulder. And then he, the Punavich jumped said, my father, what happened to you? You know, my father was mad. used to be a rich guy in Lithuania, by the standards of Lithuania, a millionaire. And, but now he lost everything. He's now just back in the Tchinuch, you know. What happened to you? And, you know, my father said, well, the war. And my father, what happened to you? He said, Punavich wrote. He said, I lost everything. It's all gone. And, you know, I had a, a malucha. It was all gone. And, um... My father said, I hear you're building up the operation again in Bnei Brach. Does it garnish? He said, that's nothing. It'll never be like it was over there in Europe. It'll never be like it was in Lithuania. Now, that wasn't true, but that was a state of mind. You understand? So Rabbi Kiva is like, he's starting over again with this new group of Talmudim, but I'm sure he's thinking, oh, the 24,000 top guys I had before, all gone. <clears throat> okay? So the idea goes, it's a pre-chodesh, it's a katan, whoever it is, <clears throat> that, you know, you're celebrating a log bummer. It's a rationalistic interpretation. You're celebrating a log bummer, not the end of the death so much, but the Rebbe Kiva started all over again. So as soon as the students stop, it's a little far-fetched, but you're saying as soon as the students st- stop dying, right then that day, Rebbe Kiva started with the next group of students. <clears throat> it's a nice idea. I don't know if it's accurate exactly. It's a nice idea. But there's something to it. And I'll tell you what I mean. What was the Roshimun people after this Chorban? That's the question I'm raising. 
Azachorben, all these people died, and it was Dafka the Yeshiva guys. It was like if the Corona only hit the Yeshiva guys, you know? It's a, what is that? You see, what is that? It hit Dafka the Frum, you know? And, um, what shall I say? What effect does this have? Uh, now, we know the story of Shimon, but I'll tell you where I'm going with this. I happen to notice something very interesting to me, a statement of Shimba Yochai in the Perkyovas. In general, we can only construct, to the small degree that we're able to construct, the biographies of Tanoi Mamroim from collecting together the Gemaras. You can't really do it successfully, but you have no choice but to do it that way. It's any book you see, from or not from, that's all they can do. Collect together the different statements and try to connect the dots, as we say today, realizing we might be right and we might be wrong. <clears throat> Having said that, it's very interesting. The Pirkei Ovis, if you know how to approach it, is very historical. I've made this point, I'm sure, in earlier years, and everybody should know this. What does Shem Ben Yochai say in the uh, Pirkei Ovis? Don't sit around the table three people and, and and not talk and learning. Well, of course, that's the story of him. How did he end up in the cave? Three guys were at the table. It was Shimbin Yochai, it was Rabiosi, uh, I think, and uh, Yehuda Barilai, and Yehuda Ben Gerim. And, and the guy brought up, let's put it this way, they were not talking and learning. They're naturally being Jewish, they brought up politics. What do you think of the Romans? And we all know the story. Rabbi, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Rabbi Shimbin Yochai criticized the Romans, and then his life was in danger. He had to hide in the cave. <clears throat> and so looking back, I mean, it's pretty obvious to most people that he's referring to autobiographical, okay? So that's a famous, it's not my, it's a, it's a famous part. But I'll tell you something really cool that I saw. Uh, what else does Rav Shem Yuchai say? <coughs> so he says, he's the one who says in the fourth chapter of Pirkei and I repeat, he's a survivor. The 12,000 Chabrus has died. And Roshim ben Yochai was one of the new students. That's what I mean when I say he's a survivor. Okay? And that's what it means when he's a survivor. <clears throat> so, what was the effect of this Korban? So, I think it's fascinating that Roshim says like this. Something you all know very famously. There's three crowns, but the biggest crown is the crown of the good name. Rabbi Shimon Omer, this in Perk, Ravi and Perk Yovis, Yudzayin, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Shlosha Kesarim Haim, Keser, there are three crowns, Keser Torah, Keser Kahuna, Keser Malchus. The Keser Shem Tov, Ol Al Gabam. So what does that mean? The usual way we translate it is, there are three crowns and, and a fourth. Right? And the fourth is bigger than the other three. Even though Keser Torah is supposed to be the top, but actually, Keser Shem Tov is bigger. That's usually the way most people ordinarily translate it. <clears throat> but then what you're saying is, you're not being medayik in the Lushan, and we're not. That's how we usually translate it. And we're not approaching it from the point of view of rabbinical exegesis. And so we're saying, even though he said there are three crowns, there's actually a fourth. Right? So there are three crowns that are great, but the Keser to all But you know, the classic Mepharshim coming at it from the... Uh, uh, reading analysis style of the exegesis, meaning the yedarshanit. And then you ask all these questions, and they say, if you said you're three, then why do you give me four? Right? So Rashi, I'm noticing, now what I did is I pulled out 
my rusty trusty best book on um Pirkeovis, which is the Medrash Shmuel. I have a menu card, you know, the way I like it. I don't know if you're familiar or not. It's the best book on Pirkeovis because the, at least from my perspective, because the Medrash Shmuel is a sheet of on Pirkeovis that was put together in the 1500s by Rishmuel de Uzida, who was a Talmud of the Arizal. So it's very much in the style of um, the Monas Halevi and the Alkabets and all that, in which you collect up to his time all this stuff. That's one that's all the Mafarshim. So if you have the Merishmul, at least up to the 16th century, so he brings all the Miris and all the Ritvas and all the Barbanels and all the Rashi and all that kind of stuff. And the Sephardim usually. Um, obviously, there's other stuff in Perkyos, but I always like this as the classic. Usually, it's considered the classic, the Merishmul. If you ever see it and you're interested, check it out if you don't know what I'm talking about. And uh, especially, I like the Nakudos. So uh, that's my Mishagas. And so I see Rashi Taka says, The Kesar Shemtov al Gulo, Al Yedehim Huba. Right? Do you get a Kesar Shemtov if you have a Kesar Torah or a Kesar Kuna and a Kesar Malchus? So in which case you're saying there's three. And the Kesar Shemtov, you get through those three. Right? Meaning Rashi is trying to understand the three and four part. However, the best part I liked, and I think that's what he means, is brought here in the name of one of my favorite uh, 16th century rabbis, the Marmal Alashkar, Moshe Alashkar, who sometimes in the Yeshiva world they call him Marmal Shakar, but it's Alashkar. Uh, one time I hope to do him in the future. Very interesting uh, Sephardic rabbi. One of the people left Spain. And he says like this, Shloshek Sarmheim, Lefisha Keser Shemtov, who im kulam the al gabam? Okay. Now, what, what what does that mean? Okay. And it means like this. She'echem in a any of these three, the crown of kahuna, the crown of malchus, or the crown of Torah. Here I say the crown of Torah. Im eni mo shemtov eno keser. So keser shemtov ol al kun that dominates all of them. That it's only a crown if you have a shame tov. Right? Chen keser kuhuna, o keser malchus, below shame tov, enam ksarim, kuol al gabreya. I think that's Kabbalic. That's from the Marma Ashkar. And the Abarbanel I see says something along those lines. So, and this is perfect for, for a Lagbomer. Here's Roshim ben Yochai, a survivor, as I just said before, a person who's from the second round of the students of Kiva. Tell me. What it was like learning by Rabbi Akiva after this Chorban that I just described. It's like learning by one of these uh, Russian, you know, Rabbanim who escaped World War II and everybody was killed. I'm hoping in the near future for a certain reason to do the Shabina rope. It was like that, you know. You lost everybody, now you're starting again. It's not like a regular yeshiva, you understand? The dead are hovering over. The tragedy is hovering over. When It must have been very interesting in a, uh, what's the right word, in a sadistic way. It's not a nice way. You know, what would it like to be with Rabbi Kiva learning round two after he lost the first group, right? You know, what's it like now? He's saying, well, you guys, you're the full future. That is true. But, you know, he's got to be looking around and seeing the ghosts of all his fantastic Talmudim. These are his top guys, and they all perished. You know, it's got to be the ghosts are haunting you. Now, therefore, these people grow up, like Roshim Yochai, dominated 
I mean, a, a major part of their experience was the Chorban of the of the Misa of the Talmidim Rabbi Kiva. Now, uh, the reason they died was Lonago covered Zebazeh. And so, what's the Musar Haskell from the whole thing? The answer is Nahag covered Zebazeh. Reverse it. Switch the style of learning from each guy trying to stuck the other and he trying to say Lush and Hara the way only Yeshiva guys can, you know. You give that little uh, knife in the back. <laughs> you say the little phrase. I forget how uh, Silas Sharm said, with a raised eyebrow, you can, you know, cut somebody to bits. I know guys in Yeshiva are very good at that. You understand? This was disgusting. And therefore, he says, Keser Torah is a big Keser, but Keser Shemtov all Gulam. If you don't have a Keser Shemtov, if you're not a nice guy, like like Rabbi Sol Santos said, if you're not a Bal Musser, it's Tegav Kaparis. You understand? Because then it's not a Keser. Hear what the language that the Madhu Shemul said, the Marmalashkar? He says, Beli Shem Tov Enom Kisarim. That's a profound insight. Now hold on for a second. It's not just a Vort in the Velterein. What was the result of this? Now I'm giving you a historical construction. What was the result of this? The answer I want to suggest is that they took this lesson to heart and they revolutionized the style of learning and they switched from lo no to nicey nice. And you see this in the famous story in Bab Messiah that everybody's aware of, that it's a Reb Zera, who was a Babylonian Amora, moved to Israel, right? It's a very famous story in Pehe. And many of you will remember this. And it says, Reb Zera, ki saw glory Israel, yasa mea tanisa lishal tamura ba'avlomi neglo nitrade. That he fasted to forget everything he learned in the Babylonian yeshivas so he can pick up the style of the Israeli yeshivas. Now, there are gears of problems over here. I don't want to go into that. I just want to do it for my purposes now. Rashi says he wanted to forget the Talmud Bavli. Why? I'm reading Rashi. Kisha Ola Lerz Yisrael, Lilma B.P. Rabbi Yochanan, when he went now to learn the Israeli style, Amarun Shaber Yisrael, Lo Hayu B'nei Machlokes. Okay? V'nochin You see? They were nice to each other. You can theorize something, you can discuss something, and I can, and you and I can disagree agreeably without me giving you that little thing I said before, the knife in the back, the cutting the throat, the raised eyebrow, the cynicism, oh my God, the cynicism, cynicism, which lay at the heart of the little no-go cub, the guy really doesn't know, uh, you know, what happens in yeshiva at lunchtime, <laughs> what's the conversation at lunchtime, and they're able to work it out without cautious and terrors. What do you mean without cautious and terrors? It's in a marshal. This is a very, very famous marshal. Historians know this marshal. Who says, and again, on the story of Rosero, he says, of course they ask caution through them. Meaning, only through discussion, <coughs> only through debate, but respectful debate, can you work something out. The marshal says, they used to argue with each other. I use the word argue in the intellectual sense that I'm advancing an argument. Get It's called pilpul, meaning in the best sense. It's through intellectual debate that you work out the truth. So what's going on over here? Uh, they would work it out respectfully. Okay, Dali Deepulpulam, Rabcha Shmaita. 
Marshal says, to Efsher, now we don't know, he's Efsher, showing maybe the she was above all like the she was in Poland now in my time in the sixteen hundreds, in the time of the Chalukim, the Pilpol. I shall call Misha Yodel Chavin outside Hayoser, but Pilpol shall have all. Anybody who can come up with a lumdus of his own, Harizim Meshubach, even if your arguments are not sound. Vikol Echod Mechavein Lidchos Divri Chaverov, and everybody's trying to stalk the other guy. The whole point of your Chavrus and your learning is to cut the other guy and beat him. It's victory. You see? Kidakarilu Mechablin, that's why they're like Mechablin. They don't get along with each other, meaning they're arguing in a bad way, in a vicious way. Therefore, you come, never come out with the right shot. Because I scream you over, and I had argue, and bang the table, and this and that and the other, and I, I make fun of your svara, and so on and so forth. And therefore, you're a better matador than I am. That doesn't mean that your svara is right. You're just better at the arguing stick, right? And that's why it says that the Talmud Bobby is like a black swamp because it is. Rabbi Zera said that approach uh, it gets you, it doesn't get you to the, to the true answer. In other words, if you're really engaged in an intellectual quest to try to find out what the Gemara means, what the, what the Din is, and so on and so forth, you're not going to get it through this vicious uh, way, uh, and without what we call respectful debate. I repeat, in respectful debate, you can have different opinions, nothing wrong with that, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, the point is not to, to. Um, in other words, if you're right, I say, oh, that's a good point, you're right. right? Yeah. And I don't look bad by saying you're right. I say a swar, you say a swar, I say, you know, yours is actually better than mine. Could be. Right? And I looked elsewhere, I see the Ben Yehuda also says, the Bavari Lois Paul Shiishka Kucha Talmud, Gitar Semesi, that Rabzeira wasn't trying to forget what he learned. Rak Shiishka Seder Halimu Chilahem, Shemarivim Zem Zimblimunam, that the Stalin Babylonia was to cut each other up. Shakol Echa Nichnas Bedibikavero, every time you try to say something, the other guy interrupts it. Does this sound familiar? Umakshelo Rabos, Konushi Yashudvar, and you attack him with a hundred kashas before the guy can even make a statement. The Gorim al Yisei Bilbul Hadas, and therefore causes Bilbul Hadas to keep in Shahor Gobazebe Katnuso, Kashalofishmenum. And Rav Zeyer, who had grown up in that system, so now he's a Babylonian, he became an Amora, he was obviously a big deal, big cheese. He flourished in that system, so he learned how to do it, but it wasn't right. That's not how he did in Israel. Mashenkin, he said, Mabene Yerzisro, Nochin Zebese Halacha, Lohepek Mibne Baba. That was, what's his name? The. Um, Right? All of which means, if it's true, that we have a very interesting development as a result of Lag Bomer. Uh, meaning, after the result of the, of the death of the students in the time of Lag Bomer. This caused Rabbi Akiva and especially Shimba Yochai um, to put a better emphasis, greater emphasis on Musar, shall we put it that way? When they're heirs to each other, uh, a different style of learning. Uh, and, it, and it changed the culture of the yeshivas. Isn't that fascinating? It changed the culture of the yeshivas. And so, Ad Kedekach, you see later on, a number of generations later, somebody's coming from the Babylonian system, where, listen, Talmud Babli, that's what we use. Huh? That was a, when he comes to Eretz Yisrael, he's got to say, 
you know, the, the, the cynicism and all that doesn't work in my new environment. Maybe where you used to be in your former yeshiva, that was okay. The one-liners, all the rest of it. But in this yeshiva, we don't talk like that. And we don't get ahead like that. And nobody respects you just because you can cut somebody, uh, cut, cut, cut their throat off. And uh, that sort of thing. So in other words, it had a revolution in the style of learning. I'm holding in front of me a book from a cook. It's not exactly from a cook. It's called Mishnah Sarav, which I bought many years ago. Oh, I bet you 30 years ago. Uh, in Israel, because I had Nakudos. It's hard to read. The writings are a cook. I find it because he goes on and on and this and that for flowery schmowery. But uh, certain this is a very skinny book. And certain parts of it, and it's cut up exactly for guys like myself. And he's got a whole chapter here on Halacha Vagada that I once lent out to somebody, I see. And uh, boy, oh boy, he goes to town saying, Oh, Eretz Yisrael, because Avir Aramachim, therefore that reduces Machlaikas, and Al Kane Beretz Yisrael. What does he say over here? Al Kane Eretz Yisrael, Shim Makam Hanavua, Yesh Roshem, Leshefa Hanavua. Seder Halimud, you know the style of cook very flowery. There's a Roshim of the Nevua in the learning. Havonahim Luzberis Mitoch Hashkafa Penimis, Vein Sarch Larifus Burim, Avir Amachim, Betamba Bavlo Matridlu, Bechachamas Hanavua, he is so Lachamas Agadata, and that's why the Agadata of of Bavel, of Eretz Israel is better. In other words, the nicey nice reflects the fine kite, the, uh, what's the right word, the refinement. Very <clears throat> uh, It's a nice word, but I don't know what he's talking about because you see, once upon a time, the style was different. Now maybe he, if it's Rav Cook, he's smarter than me, so he'll probably say, I guess. See, when they cultivated that Babylonian style, Eretz Yisrael couldn't stand it, and they died. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In other words, it was a foreign Eretz Yisrael style of learning that that's what killed him. That's already a very mystical approach. I'm going to share. So I think Lagba Umer is therefore. I think this is true. Can't prove it. Uh, like by Omer and the tragedy, uh, more more uh, more effectively, like the um, pre-Kaddish says, the reaction to the death is uh, characterized like Omer uh, was a reaction in in the direction of being nicer, and therefore being promoting a better intellectual environment, and therefore getting the Torah more clearly. You understand? You know, halacha. There's one other point, and I'll just throw this out, and then I'll close this down. Um, happened to be that I'm learning, uh, I mentioned the other Yerushalmi Sanhedrin for my mother's yard site coming up. And, you know, nothing is coincidental. And it just happens to be this morning, um, on the seventh parag, beginning of the seventh parag, and they bring down something very interesting. You know, I'm noticing Shimon Yochai because it's like Bummer. And he said, Be mayor of Shimon Yochai, Nitlu Dini Mummus Yisrael. I think many people know the Gemara, Bavli, that says, 40 years before the Korban, things fell apart. And they didn't do Dini in the Fushus anymore. Now he's telling you in the day of Shimon Yochai, which is later after the Korban, they stopped doing Dini Mominus. What does it mean they stopped doing Dini Mominus? The old fashioned Kosher Mishpat, that this is how you do it. I'll read the Pirish. Notice that the court should give with no Peshaw or anything, just the Din. So the old style in which it was a real court, like in America, we don't ask for your agreement or anything like that, or work at a, a, a some sort of a compromise that both parties agree to. That way stopped in the time of Shemiel Chai, and he said, "I'm happy." Brich Rachmona, 
Again, thank God. So Shimbiachai is trying to make something happy about this. Baruch Hashem, we don't only do Chosha Mishpat in the classic style. We don't do, instead, we get the, uh, like, like they do now, they try to get both sides to sort of agree on something. Uh, that's very interesting. I don't know exactly how to tie this into Lagbomer. Maybe in the next 24 hours it'll appear to me. Maybe some of you will have an idea about this. It's in the seventh parak, beginning of the seventh parak of Yushalmi Sanhedrin. Um, you know, why is he happy about this? And why Dafka in the time of Shimbi Yochai? And was this before or after he was in the cave? It's it's very it, it, there, there's something just on the tip of my tongue. Maybe I'll, it'll it'll come it'll come to me. But I wanted to share these ideas uh, before tomorrow night when we'll all be celebrating Lag Bomber. Once again, I want to thank the dinner with us, and we all wish parrots uh, should have Rafua Shalema, uh, a Rafua, and uh, everything should go good, and uh, we should all be able to uh, enjoy Lag Bomber this year. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.